She's safe. She's on her way home. Colorado may not force Ms. Smith to create and speak messages on pain of investigation, fine, and re-education. Mr. Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not? Granting such a license to discriminate would empower all businesses. We thought it was important to be out front with everything, so we're happy with the gayness. Reach out to the world. Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappell. Biden trains infamous Russian arms dealer for Brittany Griner. Anti-queer Colorado web designer bakes U.S. Supreme Court arguments. And a trip to the Scarlet Coast finds holiday cheer. Those stories and more this week now that you've chosen This Way Out. I'm Marcos Najera. And I'm Elena Botkin-Levy. With NewsRep, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending December 10th, 2022. It is a good morning. U.S. President Joe Biden. Moments ago, standing together with her wife, Sherelle, uh, in the Oval Office, I spoke with Brittany Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances. Brittany will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones, and, uh, and she should have been there all along. International women's basketball star Brittany Griner is home. The Biden administration got Griner back on December 8th in a one-for-one exchange for Russian arms dealer Viktor Boot, known as the Merchant of Death. Griner had been sentenced to nine years at hard labor after her February 17th arrest at a Moscow-area airport. She had accidentally left medically prescribed cannabis vape cartridges in her luggage. Boot has been serving a 25-year sentence in a U.S. federal prison since 2012, convicted of trying to sell weapons to a terrorist group intent on killing Americans. Griner's plane would land in the early morning hours of December 9th at Kelly Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. She was scheduled to undergo a routine medical exam. Her wife, Sherelle, was deeply moved when she joined President Biden at the podium. So over the last nine months, you all have been um, so privy to one of the darkest moments of my life. And so today I'm just standing here um, overwhelmed with emotions. Um, And today is just a happy day for me and my family. So um, I'm going to smile right now. U.S. officials tried to exchange boot for both Griner and Paul Whelan. The dishonorably discharged former Marine has been serving a 16-year sentence in a Russian prison since 2018 on what the U.S. calls trumped-up allegations of spying. The Biden administration has faced harsh criticism from the right for leaving Whelan behind. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre explained at a White House briefing that Russia views Griner's drug charges and Whelan's espionage charges by different standards. This was not a choice uh, for us on of which American to bring home. That was not the choice. Uh, it was a choice between bringing home one American or bringing home none. And we brought one home today. And just like we were able to bring home Trevor Reed back in April, 
And uh, through every step of this process, we have sought to bring Paul Whalen home, and that will not change. That will continue to be our commitment. Sherelle Greiner also acknowledged the complexities. BG's not here to say this, but I will gladly speak on her behalf and say that BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home, including Paul, whose family is in our hearts today. The Griners have asked for privacy after Brittany is released from the hospital. Librarians in Moscow began pulling books from their shelves before the ink was dry on Russian President Vladimir Putin's signature on an enhanced no-promo-homo law this week. The bill expanded the 2013 version that applied only to spreading queer propaganda to minors. Now the dissemination of propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations is illegal for everyone, even foreigners who can be jailed or deported for breaking it. It applies to all media, including the written word, film and broadcasting, advertising, generally all forms of public discourse. The impact of the measure was immediate. Anything that could even remotely be considered LGBTQ propaganda has started disappearing. Books by writers branded foreign agents are also being dumped in the literary purge, especially content critical of Putin's war on the people of Ukraine. Lawmakers in Indonesia approved a bill on December 6 to outlaw all sex outside of heterosexual marriage. Violators can be jailed for up to a year. It's part of a revision of the criminal code that also makes it a crime to insult the president or express ideas counter to national ideology, among other reforms. President Joko Widodo is expected to sign it. Indonesia's unique federal legal system is officially secular, but allows Aceh province to be governed under strict Islamic law. LGBTQ people have notoriously been publicly caned there. Sexual and gender-variant people live mostly in the shadows in the world's most populous, mostly Muslim nation. According to a 2019 Pew Research poll, only 9% of people in the socially conservative country said that homosexuality was acceptable. Not only are queer and unmarried Indonesians at risk, the no-sex-outside-of-hetero-marriage laws will also apply to vacationers in the popular tourist mecca of Bali. Sport New Zealand announced on December 6th that trans and non-binary competitors will be able to play in community sports in their preferred gender. The country's athletics governing body will not require declarations of gender. However, each elite sports governors will individually determine how gender-variant athletes can compete. FINA has already adopted rules that severely limit the participation of female trans swimmers. Supporters of the restrictions assert that trans women have a physical advantage, but that has not been scientifically proven. Kiwi Laurel Hubbard became the first trans athlete to participate in the Olympics, when she competed as a weightlifter in Tokyo in 2021. She failed to make the initial cut. In the Caribbean, the Joint Court of Justice of Aruba, Curaçao, St. Martin, and of Bonaire, St. Eustatius, and Saba ordered Aruba and Curaçao to open civil marriage to same-gender couples on December 6. According to the English-language Curaçao Chronicle, the court decided cases filed by a lesbian couple and queer rights groups on the two island nations. 
They argue that denying marriage to queer couples violates equality and non-discrimination provisions of the Aruba and Curaçao constitutions. The ruling does not address adoption rights. The Court of Justice has jurisdiction over Aruba, Curaçao, and St. Martin, and the Netherlands municipalities of Bonaire, St. Eustatius, and Saba. The Netherlands led the world with marriage equality in April 2001, and lesbian and gay couples have been able to legally marry and adopt children in the municipalities since 2012. A spokesperson for the ruling party in the constituent country of St. Martin told reporters that the government has plans to introduce a marriage equality bill in Parliament. The U.S. House of Representatives passed a reconciled version of the Respect for Marriage Act in a barely bipartisan vote on December 8th. Most Republicans voted against it, but 39 of them joined all the Democrats to ice the deal with a total of 258. The majority accepted so-called religious freedom amendments that had assured passage in the Senate last week. Aside from requiring all states to recognize the marriages of gay and lesbian couples legally performed elsewhere, the bill removed the Defense of Marriage Act from federal law. DOMA banned the U.S. government from recognizing such marriages. Even though it was overturned by the Supreme Court in 2013, activists worried that DOMA could be revived in the future by anti-queer lawmakers or courts. Gay former Congressman Barney Frank of Massachusetts was among the few voices speaking out against DOMA in 1996. He was an invited guest at the official House bill signing ceremony this week. I was here for the birth of DOMA, so I am very grateful to be able to be here for the funeral. (laughs) Finally, Recall the state lawmaker who sponsored Florida's infamous Don't Say Gay law earlier this year? This is about the fundamental right of parents to have insight and control of what's going on in their children's life. It's not the job of the school district to raise the child. It's the job of the parent um, in these extremely sensitive conversations. It was not those false statements that got Joe Harding into trouble. He resigned his seat in the Florida legislature on December 8th after federal prosecutors indicted him for wire fraud, money laundering, and making false statements. As they say, what goes around? That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending December 12th, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Elena Botkin-Levy. Stay healthy. And I'm Marcos Najera. Stay safe. David's in his 30s, I'm in my 40s, and we're writing pop music from a very different perspective. The Scarlet Coast rides the wave later in the program. Silence in the court, the court's in session. Silence in the court, the court's in session. While the U.S. Congress was voting to pass the Respect for Marriage Act, the judicial branch was feasting on arguments concerning same-gender weddings. 
The other ironic thing about the Supreme Court's December 5th hearing was that there is a cause with no real case. Unlike the Colorado baker who refused service to a gay couple on religious grounds in the 2018 Masterpiece Cake Shop Challenge, this time it's a Colorado website designer who has yet to open a business that she can refuse service from. She just doesn't want same-gender wedding customers when she does. It's bigger than queer nuptials, as Pacifica Radio's Christopher Martinez reports. Justice Sonia Sotomayor laid out the significance of the case, known as 303 Creative versus Elenis. This would be the first time in the court's history, correct, that it would say that a business open to the public, as this petitioner has said it is, that it's open, a commercial business open to the public, serving the public, that it could refuse to serve a customer based on race, sex, religion, uh, or sexual orientation. The case from Colorado concerns Laurie Smith, an evangelical Christian website designer who only designs wedding web pages for heterosexual couples. Colorado may not force Ms. Smith to create and speak messages on pain of investigation, fine, and re-education. Kristen Wagner is senior counsel with the group Alliance Defending Freedom, representing Smith and her firm 303 Creative. Wagner says Colorado's law barring discrimination in public accommodations violates Smith's First Amendment rights. But the First Amendment is broad enough to cover the lesbian website designer and the Catholic calligrapher. The line is that no one on any side of any debate has to be compelled to express a message that violates their core convictions. The three more liberal justices on the court challenged the plaintiff's arguments, saying it would create a license to discriminate. Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson offered an analogy, a mall Santa doing nostalgic photos, but only with white children. Precisely because they're trying to capture, capture uh, the feelings of a certain era, their policy is that only white children can be photographed with Santa in this way, because that's how they view uh, the scenes with Santa that they're trying to depict. Now, the business will gladly refer families of color to the Santa at the other end of the mall who'll take anybody. But, and they will photograph families of color in other scenes, other scenes. So they're not discriminating against the families. What they're saying is scenes with Santa is preserved for white families, and they want to have a sign next to the Santa that says only white children. Colorado Solicitor General Eric Olson argued the case for the defendant, saying the plaintiff's argument is too sweeping. Granting such a license to discriminate would empower all businesses that offer what they believe to be expressive services, from architects to photographers to consultants, to refuse service to customers because of their disability, sexual orientation, religion, or race. The more conservative justices, who make up a two-thirds majority on the court, were much more receptive to the plaintiff. For example, Justice Clarence Thomas. This is not a hotel. This is not a restaurant. This is not a riverboat or a train. Justice Samuel Alito, in his questioning of Olson, offered a hypothetical situation that mirrored Justice Jackson's. If there's a, a black Santa at the other end of the mall and he doesn't want uh, to have his picture taken with a, a child who's dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan uh, outfit, that, that black Santa has to do that? No, because Ku Klux Klan outfits are not protected characteristics under public accommodation laws. 
Justice Elena Kagan followed up on that, prompting a joke from Alito. And presumably that would be the same Ku Klux Klan outfit, regardless whether the child was black or white or any other characteristic. Yeah, you, do see, you do see a lot of black children in Ku Klux Klan the, outfits, right, uh, all, the, all the time. For the more conservative justices, the key issue seems to be protecting the rights of someone they believe would be forced to express a certain message. For the liberal minority, the case is more about freedom from discrimination, with free speech being used as a tool to get out from anti-discrimination laws. Which theory prevails will become clearer with the ruling expected by summer. Depending on how the majority rules, it could well affect not only LGBTQ rights, but other long-standing precedent barring discrimination. Reporting for Pacifica Radio News KPFA, I'm Christopher Martinez. Weird hypotheticals and twisted false equivalencies ran wild in a hearing that had no specific facts of a complaint to discuss. Judge Neil Gorsuch reached back to the Colorado Cake Baker case and revealed his disdain for the state's remedy as he questioned Colorado Solicitor General Eric Olson. Mr. Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not, Mr. Olson? He went through a, a process that ensured he was familiar it with... It was a re-education program, right? It was not a re-education program. What do you call it? It was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law. Someone might be excused for calling that a re-education I strongly program. disagree, Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Mr. Olson. Chris Hayes of MSNBC and Ann Northrup and Andy Hum of Gay USA summed up what the case is all about. No one has asked her to make a website or forced her to make such a website. She just preemptively sued the state of Colorado, arguing that she has a First Amendment right to refuse to make hypothetical websites for hypothetical same-sex couples because of her actual beliefs. And because a conservative majority has tossed away all pretense of being anything other than essentially a high council of Fox News viewers, they decided her case should be heard before the Supreme Court of the United States of America. This is really all the plot, the ongoing plot of the Alliance Defending Freedom and other right-wing, particularly legal organizations that have taken a very long view. They have a plan. They are going to chip away at our rights one by one by one and go through this conservative Supreme Court that they now have ready to work in a league with them to do this. This is a court that has no respect for civil rights, that has no respect for voting rights that were passed unanimously by the Congress. And the only right that they you know, respect are two rights, gun rights and religious freedom. That's it. That's what America is, according to them. And you can't have a pluralistic society uh, if, if you go that route. It's just going to further divide the country. The U.S. Supreme Court is expected to hand down a ruling in June. What's that term? Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. As 2022 comes to an end, please help make This Way Out's holidays happier. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. There's nothing uncommon about the queer holiday blues. 
But This Way Out music correspondent Maddie McLaughlin found a pop cup of cheer on his way to the Scarlet Coast. David Johnson and Michael Van London, a.k.a. the Scarlet Coast. Welcome to This Way Out. Hello. Hello, Maddie. Guys, in an industry where out artists like Little Nass and Sam Smith or giant allies like Harry Styles and Katy Perry dominate the airwaves, LGBT identification starts to feel less necessary. But with such conservative pushback on gay rights, gay representation in the arts remains so critical. The Scarlet Coast's ability to infiltrate the pop genre so seamlessly and unapologetically without shrouding gender or diluting sexuality is masterful. How have you approached the new album This Wave from that regard? We're both really excited about that in our material. Like, we thought it was important to be out front with everything because, you know, it's making a statement of who you are as an artist, who we are. So we're happy with the gayness. David's in his 30s, I'm in my 40s, and we're writing pop music from a very different perspective. We have songs about religious guilt. We have songs about internalized homophobia. We have songs about online dating. We have songs about loneliness. Sensitive and hard stuff that is so relatable to the community. Let's check out at least three of those sad topics delivered with a smile in the track, In the Dark. When we first met, said your name. I was seeing this guy that gave me his name when we started going out, and then four dates later, he told me his name was completely different. Yeah, so very um, internet of him. He won't. Listen, I'm sorry if you hear this. And then there's another take on dating in the track Garbage Can, featuring guest vocals from label mate Nikki Click. Garbage Can is a song that Michael wrote about a relationship that he had where the person out of nowhere dropped him, then tried to come back. And so he wrote this song saying, it feels so great when we're together and then all of a sudden you just decide to trash me. Yeah, that guy's the one in the garbage can now. (laughs) You guys released a Christmas album last year, and your new single, Woe, is Christmas-themed as well. Is there a Christmas queen in the band? That would be Michael, I think. He's obsessed with Christmas. Any holiday, really, like the major holidays. 
The single addresses facing holiday seasonal melancholy and depression experienced by many in our community with the warm glow of hope often provided by our chosen family of friends. I think for a lot of people, ourselves included, and definitely people in the LGBTQIA community, Christmas is a really lonely time because we get cast out by our family. So you got to come together and you got to reach out to your chosen family. The week after Christmas, we went to this little cabin and it was snowy and beautiful and there were deer in the yard. It was just a beautiful time. And so it's like an account of the beautiful memories that we made. Little cottage in the woods, snow was on the ground. Doe and a yearling in the yard walking around. Flames in the fireplace, keeping us warm. And a little rum and our coffee. We braved the roads, we drove into town. Groceries did. Life can be difficult, but don't feel afraid to reach out because you never know who's going to be there and help you. Reach out to the world, it'll reach back. Reach out to the world, it'll reach back. Reach out to the world, it'll reach back. Reach out to the out indeed on behalf of the scarlet coast and myself we'd like to wish listeners love and strength of this holiday season thank you, thank so, you much. so much for this way out i'm maddie mclaughlin 
You can find the Scarlet Coast at bandcamp.com. Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Marcos Nahara and Elena Bakken Levy, produced by Brian DeShazer, from Pacifica Radio's Christopher Martinez, from Ann Northrup and Andy Hum of Gay USA, and from Maddie McLaughlin. Peter Tosh, Gallery, and the Scarlet Coast performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out acknowledges the support of listener donors David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on CHSR Fredericton, New Brunswick, WSUM Madison, Wisconsin, KHE in Salida, Colorado, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all. <laughs>